Hey guys, what's up? And welcome back to Audio Fitness Episode 3 with myself, Adam Foss. It's crazy to think that we've already done three episodes, or two, and today is the third. Um, I can't wait to kind of dive in to today's session with Sam. Sam is a fellow powerlifting coach and hopefully he'll be able to teach you a thing or two. Hopefully I'll be able to teach you a thing or two. And together, hopefully we can um, teach you guys and guide you a little bit uh, about powerlifting, strength, all of the good stuff. And hopefully I can continue to do that for you guys throughout each episode. But without further ado, I'll speak to you guys in a moment when I'm with Sam. See you later. <laughs> you might, you might, you might. How have things been since the last time I, uh, last time I saw you in what, July? July, I think. July. Yeah, um, very good, very good. A um, few projects on the go at the moment, but um, not a whole lot going on in personal life. Just pretty hectic from you know coaching side of things and all of uh, like everything that comes with that really yeah how um how are your lifters how's uh disrael doing <laughs> yeah he's doing well mate doing is very he? well i um, saw his lifts are flying yes he is he's um he's a very accountable lifter he certainly um is a coach's dream in many aspects where yeah. he follows follows his program doesn't divert too far away from kind of rp ranges yeah and trust the system as such so yeah it's he he's a pleasure he's a solid sound lad as well yeah he's really yeah. nice how have you um how have you managed to get his lifts up then because i know i think i saw in yours that it was a boost of intensity you said or volume or something like that so have um, you managed to to get yeah. his up um so it's it's always a collective partnership with how things are between me and my lifters. But generally speaking, um, he's just been in quite a high, uh, quote unquote volume phase. So mm. it's just about, um, directing that volume into specific type of intensities. And we've done some pause work, which has warranted, um, some reins to be kind of loosened. Um, yeah naturally the ceiling will always be a little bit lower with pauses but yeah he's he's just been on on a good trend so we've you know striked while the iron's hot yeah yeah i mean i because i think when he competed in july his was it 200 i think his deadlift was wasn't it um well he didn't even get that did he get that no no he failed it twice okay what did he go for was it 190 so his opener was 190 and he okay. failed his second and third, but he had a bit of a weird kind of prep to that comp. So it probably wasn't a true reflection on his kind of like ability. Yeah. Cause I mean, I saw him do his previous max the other day on, um, on your page uh, and it absolutely flew. I mean, it didn't look like a max at all. It looks yeah. like an RP. <laughs> yeah yeah he um, um he unfortunately got struck with some illness um as the kind of comp neared and yeah. we were fighting that kind of difficult decision whether to cut into the 66 yeah or compete as a kind of heavy um or a light 74 shall i say but yeah it didn't fall into place for one reason or another and we ended up competing at 66.1 so we're point two heavy for the sixty six category, but it is what it is. Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, is this the first time you've done a podcast? Then, uh, have you done any before? So, I I've done one beforehand. It was okay. a little bit off topic from, mm. but yeah, it's it's one of those where um I'm fairly happy to try and help and communicate with people who are relative positions to us. Yeah, for sure. That's it. I mean, so I got, um, I don't know if you've listened to it at all or whatever, but uh, so last year I got um, Wes Hall on. Yeah. Um, and that was really interesting because obviously he did um, the Worlds last year in Sweden. Yeah. Um, and he, yeah, he's, it's really interesting just to talking to people. Um, and when I did it uh, sort of throughout last week, a lot of people came up to me in the gym and said they found yes. it really beneficial and, and, you know, it, it helped them with a few little bits and bobs. So, I mean, that's the point of it, really, just to help where 
well, like you said, where we can and kind Definitely. of that's it. I mean, it's an interesting sport and you always get people asking you kind of, you know, is it is it good to get into powerlifting? I don't know if you've ever had that, but I've had lots of people ask me. Yeah. Should I go into like strong man and you know what the benefits and, and everything like that? But yeah, yeah it's, it's sure. interesting to talk to people about that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, coaching and and everything like that because you're based in Somerset, right? Is this... Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so if we rewind, originally I was a, a employed member of staff at Nuffield Health and that started okay. in 2015. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I um, probably trained a pop um, it yeah. wasn't as specific in terms of powerlifting until the later. And then yeah. um, I launched uh, dual strength coaching in 2018, late, late 2018, I think it was. Okay. Um, just found my niche, found where I enjoyed coaching more um, yeah. and kind of had a bit more of a pool of lifters who were looking to branch out, compete and bridge the gap in the sense of kind of bit more specific type training as such so you know I kind of invested in some courses mm. kind of raised my experience a little bit um, yeah. started to you know um, spend a bit more time with like-minded people and just kind of raise my yeah. my game to be able to essentially develop and raise a pool of lifters to be a little bit more, um, you know, uh, fulfilled in this sport. Yeah. I mean, so funnily enough, actually, I had one of my lifters the other day mention you. Um, okay. <laughs> and, um, Who is that? So his name's Fletcher. So he, uh, so he wants to do powerlifting and he's, he's a new one of mine. So um, he's, I've been with him about 12 weeks now. Okay. Um and when I put you on um, on my story, when I messaged you and I said, oh, do you want to do a podcast? And you said, yeah, let's go for it. Um, he went, oh, yeah, OK. And he, he went on your profile. Um, and I said to him, obviously, how I, how I met you um, last year. And uh, he just said, you know, like some of your stuff is really interesting, really beneficial. Oh, and it's well, that's great to hear. Yeah, I know. It's nice, nice when you hear that. Um, and I said to him, you know, like, because obviously I follow you on social media. Um, so it's a lot of your stuff is beneficial i find a lot of people just post don't want to sound like you know critical or anything but a lot of people post crap like really promotional crap where it's just you know join me now join my team now but you're more kind of you know actually giving people something like food for thought um instead of just telling people to yeah i think um (laughs) using a bit of of a balance with it all you've got mm. to um put across some good content to naturally yeah. um show some understanding of the sport and um drive some promotion in that sense but l- similarly you need to um sometimes dangle a little bit out there to show that there is opportunities yeah um, to work with yourself and stuff mm. So in terms of, so you said, obviously you've been, so I guess this is the fourth year of, of dual strength coaching. Um, what's it looking like now then? So obviously you said you had a handful of lifters when you started who wanted to do that kind of stuff anyway, but how much has it grown from then to now? Cause obviously I spoke to you the other day about it and you said it's going really well, but what sort of, have you got a big pool at the moment of people who want to compete? Yeah. Um, when timing's right for people, um, some people obviously need to compete more to develop some confidence and yeah. general understanding of how competitions are ran and kind of expectations of um, things. But yeah, this year probably more so um, people will probably look to bridge the gap and start competing due to last year being in lockdown and obviously 2020 being in quite a kind of similar sort of position there wasn't that many competitions we only really had up until like march where people could compete yeah it's quite difficult for a lot of people to you know get to a competition Mm. yeah that's it i mean 
hopefully because you have um is it ziana is did i say that correct ziana? Yeah, ziana. Yeah. yeah so i mean she's like jesus she's absolutely an incredible lifter isn't she she's pretty unique in this in the sense that she's just well just naturally strong as well yeah. um yeah so ziana ziana will look to um compete in british women's classic this year mm-hmm. um and that's obviously um the 19th and the 20th of march so mm-hmm. we got uh the prep underway probably two weeks ago okay. uh, just starting to get on the horse find the feet with a little bit more peak intensity um, yeah but you know we we've had two three kind of soft peaks before where we've had a good opportunity to see what works better for her as an individual yeah uh, what sort of uh strategy works better whether a reverse peak works better or like a high yeah. high building peak works we've done yeah. one where we've not tapered um and she's just gone in um fairly customized to some good intensity yeah but you know again it's when you kind of get to certainly national and international competitions a lot of it is down to um more factors than just who is you know moving well through their peak a lot can change between a peak and a competition a gym and a competition and stuff like that so it's important that we we stay in our lane and we focus on ourselves not get distracted as such that's it yeah Yeah. you know she's going to be certainly in the battle which will be very exciting you know you've got two three um very strong well-rounded lifters who she'll be going up against in uh temi and you know nicola so yeah it's going to be an interesting exciting competition for her yeah i mean as a coach as well that's always exciting for you isn't it i mean teaching people and coaching people that that high up and just kind of going through the motions of them Uh, it's almost like a a pleasure isn't it really Um, yeah for sure um ziana originally came um to me in 2021 with um a back issue so the fact that she's now kind of been um in a position where she can put that behind her uh compete and enjoy competing and Mm. be in a position where she's going toe-to-toe with you know britain's finest it's it's a good position to be in yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. so something you mentioned there as well is finding what best works for for her um and so something i try to explain to my lifters is that is the case of you have to find what works best for them um i think a lot of people expect the first block you you work with them to be like some crazy crazy strength gains um but that's not really the case is it you know that's where you kind of spend that time figuring out what works best for them what doesn't work and and kind of how they work as a person um yeah i mean it's 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 hard to kind of get that across to someone who's so eager to succeed I don't know how, how you've kind of found that with any of yours. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those where, genuinely speaking, if you say, for example, using a peak, you if you get it right first time, a lot of time it's just luck. Mm. Um, but genuinely speaking, when kind of programming and putting different strategies or thought processes in place, yeah. Um, you get a fair bit of newbie gains, which mm. gives people a kick in the right direction. Mm. But then it's all about that management of kind of the fatigue, the performance, um, what your objectives are per maybe training cycle. Yeah. Um, are you going to put more eggs in one basket? Are you going to look to strategize a, you know, bit more of a relative intensity or a peak intensity style um, training program? You know, there's lots of different things where you just got to spend your time collectively working with lifters and athletes to figure out what um, 
is required more as such. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I've got, I've got a lifter and she's been doing powerlifting training for about five years. Oh, wow. Nice. And so she's, I've been working with her for about four months. And, and her body weight, so she weighs about 61, I think, 61 kilos. So she's quite light. Um, and she's strong for her body weight. And something I was going to ask you, what would you say to someone who is anxious to compete? So I've explained it um, to her, but I'd love to hear what you kind of would say to someone. So if you had one of your clients who said to you, oh, I, I'm anxious to compete um, because of obviously, you know, you get some freaks in nature who are just deadlifting so much more than everyone else. And, you know, um, but yeah, she's really, it's, she's it's, it's all relative. Um, everybody um, should remember that they're doing it for themselves. It's you versus you. Exactly. Yeah. Certainly with kind of the first competitions, it's more important to bridge gaps in confidence and, Kind of experience and collectively look at those sort of things instead of i know i'm not going to win this competition i'm going to come last in this competition etc yeah. um from experience i know a lot of people will be able to relate to it in the sense that they probably built some really strong friendships from competing with different, oh, yeah. different people um, yeah Sad. everybody yeah. is in a like-minded position where they are looking to develop and raise their potential in their own training and their own um lifting journey yeah but it's it's important for people to remember that everybody has been in that position before one way or another yeah there is always someone stronger in the room mm -hmm. um and if you associate yourself with just focusing on um kind of numbers or um like who's lifting what, etc. Yeah, that's usually probably one of the biggest hurdles that you'll you'll have to, you know, get over. Um, yeah. But to summarize, you know, the the positives and the um, success and satisfaction and stuff outweigh the the nerves and the kind of apprehensive kind of sensations. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. I don't know if you remember, um, what's his name? I think his, was his name James? James Adcock, I think that was his name. Yeah. He competed um, in the one you were at. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so I went into that competition really happy with my numbers. Um, and I remember seeing, seeing kind of, you know, the what they sent out and seeing who was competing. And I remember doing... Because this is just me, I'm I'm really I'm a bit nosy, if you will. But yeah. I searched up, you know, oh who 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 they were, and I remember seeing his lifts, and I thought, oh my god. Um, but it's weird because I ne I never once thought, oh, I'm not going to compete now. It kind of made me want to compete more because yeah. I what I was kind of pleased to know that I I wasn't, you know, I was just competing against the best. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, it's it's weird, but in terms of what you said there, I, that's the exact same thing I said. It's kind of you against you. It's not really you shouldn't be focusing on on anyone else. You know, it's it's down to personal progress, whether that's confidence, whether that's um, if you're aiming for a certain number, it doesn't really matter. It's it's you against you. Um, I think a lot of people need that mindset a bit more, um, especially in powerlifting, because even though everyone's really friendly, it's a very you know whoever lifts the most wins so you know it's it's from the outside it's a bit of like a an egotistical sport but from the inside we know it's not yeah. um but yeah it is it's it, it's i think most people need to adopt that you know it's you against you not it's you against whoever's the best in the uk or, or whatever um but yeah i mean it's, there's a lot of psychology that goes into it as well i find um, yeah, uh, I completely agree. Um, it's important to remember that, you know, there there is always someone stronger. Um, 
and if you associate yourself with kind of um big fish mentality um you you soon get found out and ultimately it's one of those double-edged swords where you you want to be confident um in your ability and to perform and um you know showcase your your level but similarly you don't want to be um outside of your lane and comparing and you know bringing that kind of not ego but you know um to the table you know what i'm trying to say yeah 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 it's um yeah it's an interesting one um i mean I think everyone who, if they've got any, if they want to do powerlifting at all, I think everyone should compete. It doesn't matter if they've got, you know, numbers, which aren't, you know, the best. It doesn't, it doesn't matter for me personally. I, I think everyone should compete, obviously, if, if they want to do that. Um, because like you said, I think as well, a confidence, a massive boosting confidence can improve your lifts so much. Um, because I, I have someone who's, they get nervous when they go for heavy lifts. It's a mental thing. Physically, they can do it because I've seen them, you know, rep out weight not far below that max. Uh, no, from a physical standpoint, it's there. But mentally, they break down every time they lift that weight. And uh, now, but it used to be, it used to be quite bad. Um, and it is like, you, you know, like we just said, it's, it's so mental. It's, it's a massive, massive psychological thing. Um I mean, have you found like Ziana is she mental kind of barriers when it comes to the, you know, that, that level? Cause she's just performing at quite a high level. Um, so Ziana was, uh, unfortunate in her first competition that there was no spectators and no coaches or handlers, um, permitted to be in the venue because the venue was only permitted to have I think it was something like 30 people yeah um at the time because of covid so it was a blessing and a curse yeah. um she had to um fortunately use uh, all the kind of skill confidence and building blocks that we had put into place and that's why it was quite low-key preserved and mm. gave her the opportunity to then compete quite soon after again where we yeah. had the opportunity to go into British and so she, she was kind of in the deep end straight away if you use Ziana as a, an example mm. but if you were talking genuinely um, a lot of the time if you've got a good handler they can take away the pressure and external stress and yeah. a lot of the kind of like thinking and thought process of what um is required for you just to focus on your lifts yeah and if you can just focus on the execution and the um one lift at a time strategy then mm. nine times that prevails you to be in good stead come you know the final pool or final placings of the day yeah 100 percent. um so for you competing wise um have you got any competitions for yourself lined up um so my last competition was january 2020 um and i was kind of coming out of a phase of um kind of rehabilitation through a few injuries and it was kind of dipping the toe in to see if i was um gonna continue the the trend of lifting as such Mm. Um, this year will be quite difficult for me to get back on platform just because of competitions with, um, you know, the British being quite, quite, I don't want to do anything from a coach, um, which is going to disturb that for the guys. We've then got all England's where there's a, a good handful of my lifters competing there, um, providing that the Commonwealth goes ahead in New Zealand. I'll be looking to coach with Paul, Sophia um, over there. So again, that's towards the end of the year. So it's about finding the right time and the right um, opportunity, essentially. 
Um, yeah. But it's important to remember that as as you start to coach more people, the the kind of lifters will always come first. And yeah. That means that you take a step back and, you know, um, you know, n- not necessarily compete as much. That's going to be something that you need to understand. Um, yeah. And yeah. certainly for me where I'm not in a kind of category or standard to off some of my other lifters, it's important mm. that we prioritize their journeys and their opportunities in nationals and international circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you said that actually, because so since I've had people come to me and say, I want to compete, I want to do this kind of stuff. Um, I've, so I've got a guy competing in six weeks. Um, and, and since he said, he joined me and said, you know, I want to compete. Um, my shift well my focus completely shifted um and even before that it had but so I did my last one in September um and and now I've got I've got really nothing nothing planned in terms of my own competing because I've said it to all of them you know I'm I'm actually enjoying prioritizing you guys more it's for me it's a lot more enjoyable seeing them succeed seeing them hit a new lift a PR um because you know it it's for me personally i it's like um it's like if you give someone a present on christmas would you rather spend 100 pound on yourself or someone else yeah I get you know what i mean you. yeah um but yeah yeah, yeah no i 100 agree it's it's just a lot more enjoyable um makes yeah, you feel- i think <laughs> as well as you get you get older um external factors come into play as well um in october me and my partner had a baby girl so kind of spending lots of weekends away and um you know prioritizing my training and being selfish in that department naturally mm. has taken a, a back seat um, yeah so it, it's all a big juggling and spinning plate act at the moment where is it the right time for me to jump on a platform in 12 weeks probably not i'm yeah. in a position where i'm gonna um develop my lifts probably not Am I going to yep. force an injury? Probably. So for me, like it's a, about sustaining um, a nice healthy body uh, yep. at this stage of the game. Um, I want to be able me to too. invest a lot of my spare time in, you know, my daughter and my mm. partner so that we can enjoy, you know, this time together. But, you know, you yep. don't get this time back, which I'm learning very quickly. So yeah. it's it's about you know the strategy behind all of it really yeah congratulations on that by the way congratulations yeah you can probably hear her downstairs screaming in a minute if i open (laughs) how is it like being a dad is it a shock to the system it's it's nuts it's (laughs) it's very difficult to um kind of not feel guilty for going to work and being tired yourself when your partner's yeah. been at home uh, you know a large portion of you know the nights and the the feeding the changing all of that stuff comes with it it's not just the fun and yeah. games yeah i but, guess it gives you more focus though now doesn't it yeah yeah, yeah for sure um, um i've managed to balance work pretty well um yeah so like wednesday fridays are kind of like online check-in days for most yeah yeah i'll be home um so if i'm needed i can help um if i need to do like dog walking or something like that i'm available to you know um step in but weekends yeah. are, are kind of like weekends off so again it's 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 a nice balance at the moment but i'm aware that with kind of british men's classic british british women's classic all England's, you know, there's going to be some Southwest comps that people are going to want to get involved with. That obviously yeah. soon changes. Yeah. I mean, in terms of kind of setting your time, I, I'm getting better at it. Because um, lately, sort of, I've been, as I was speaking to you the other day, I'm a lot more online now. So there's a lot less in person, a lot more online. And I enjoy it because I've got, not free time because obviously I've got stuff to work on when I'm when I'm at home. But 
I enjoy it because I've got that time to work on stuff. So, you know, in the last month or so, obviously I launched this podcast. Um, I'm able to do a lot more kind of live streaming on um, Instagram so I can directly talk to people. Um, I started up my sports massage business as well. There's loads of stuff that I've kind of been able to, to do, but it's hard. It's hard sort of setting that time. Um, and I can imagine it's even harder when you have a, a baby girl. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you, um, come across different like-minded professions with, um, kind of experts in their craft and you kind of see what they do. Mm. Do they journal? Do they, you know, strategically put across time to spend on themselves, uh, spend on their family? You know what I mean? So it's yeah. all about kind of getting a structure and creating good habits that are sustainable, like anything. Mm. Um, in this business, it's important that, you know, you you look at the, the low-hanging fruit in development of, you know, your education, your expertise so that you can naturally then start to branch out to you know more people or start to charge differently or start to work less because you can charge more yeah. a lot of these sort of factors are all considerations as you know um coaches and personal trainers develop that they they want to be considering yeah 100 percent. so i mean this podcast as well as teaching other people's stuff i also kind of like learning stuff myself i'm quite open to the fact that you know i don't know everything cool. um and you know I, I want, yeah that's it i to be better and you know last week um when i had wes on it was like i said to you really interesting just because i learned so much from him um but in terms of and this is probably something you, you probably wouldn't imagine you'd be asked but if you could give one bit of advice to me as a powerlifting coach, what would you, what advice would you give? Um, in terms of business development or what you do with your lifters or, or any of it, just feel free to. Very broad subject. Um, mm. Very difficult to kind of isolate an answer into maybe one category. Um, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so, in terms of how, when you started them, so when you started and you, you put yourself as powerlifting, what did you do to, one, kickstart your knowledge, and two, what did you do to make your service for your clients, you know, the best, as best as you could? Um, so as I mentioned previously, I first started uh, being a general population personal trainer at Nuffield and that was in 2015 so you have a good amount of time to make mistakes learn yeah. uh, on the go and kind of have you know uh, free templates for people to use or use guinea pigs um, don't be mm. ashamed to send somebody a message and say look do you want to run an 8 to 12 week program for free mm. use people as like um data as such and yeah. then from kind of that part of my journey i took away a lot of experience in the sense of what works what doesn't so i yeah. could promote a little bit more experience but evidence-based programming um yeah. and similarly in the sense that where i started to launch um dual strength coaching in um 2018 I was lucky enough to be surrounded by like-minded people um, mm. the facility that I work out of is head and shoulders above anywhere else in Somerset in the sense of uh, trainers um, equipment knowledge based yep. um, personnel so yeah I was in a kind of pool of people who were singing the same hymn sheet and they were keen to educate themselves and develop their own businesses um so yeah naturally like you go with the tide and you kind of do similar courses you do um 
to similar mentorships and stuff. And ultimately, like a lot of it is coming down to experience. You know, if you were to ask me in 2015, you know, that same question, it's probably going to be a different answer. But ultimately, it falls back into staying in your lane, working hard mm. on yourself, working hard with the lifters or clients that you're blessed to mm. to be associated with. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to um, not know all the answers. And, you know, countless times people have come up to me and I've not been able to give them the answer. But, you know, you don't want to bullshit yourself into a situation. You want to be honest with people and just say, look, yeah. okay, let me get back to you with a a more structured answer that is going to benefit you and maximize your, yeah. you know, your outcome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's very difficult to give you one bit of advice, really stay patient. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, I, um, it's just, you know, I guess it's like I said to you, I'm fully aware that I, you know, I don't, don't know everything. Like you said, no one does, but I feel like a lot of people have the illusion that they do, if that makes sense. I think you get a lot of, um, is cockiness the right word in terms of some sort of PTs? I find it is more with PTs and kind of actual specific coaches. But yeah, I mean, you know, because obviously you work, I presume the gym you work in is, is, is it a powerlifting style gym? Um, so the gym itself is its roots are bodybuilding okay um, we are lucky enough to have two sites so one of the sites is predominantly bodybuilding biased mm -hmm. and then the second site is a performance-based gym where oh okay you That's... know we have olympic lifting powerlifting classes um and the opportunity to run jump throw um and exercise differently with a bit more space so yeah. we are blessed in the sense that the the owner of these this gym is um it's a private gym so he invests in the gym as much as he can and it benefits different styles of trainers and different styles of members okay okay so it's good that you have two kind of different ones um, yeah it works um, really well um yeah. and that gives us an opportunity to have different styles of coaches and different styles of um personal trainers some are kind of bodybuilding uh biased and some are kind of gen population some are rehab specialists some yeah. are strength coaches you know it allows us to have a real collective um vibe yeah 100 percent I mean, it always, it's always good when you get on with the people you are working with as well. I mean, you know, for example, the gym I work at, I get on really well with everyone. Um, everyone's pretty close-knit. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not really, so, so I don't know what it's like kind of where you are, but where I am, there's not really that many um, people who want to get into powerlifting, funnily enough. I mean, there is, but I feel like a lot of people haven't really come out of their shells and come to the gym with it. Um, especially at the moment, it's quite quiet, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's about yeah. generally speaking, it's, it's not a very popular sport. There's no. hardly any money in it. Um, it's yeah. not very well, um, streamed across, you know, uh, sites and stuff. Generally speaking, you're never going to have a giant pool of, um, gen pop pop population members who are going to want to jump into powerlifting but what i found work pretty well is use similar methods use similar sort of programs and structures to sessions on gen population whether mm. they are um going through rehab or whether they are kind of retired do mm. similar sort of trends with them that you would do with yeah. a ziana or a desiril um mm. And they kind of fall into it naturally themselves. But, you know, maybe having a club in your area will help um, promote and pull people towards your facility. Being an affiliated club 
um, mm. affiliating your your business will help. Um, yeah, naturally having the opportunity to um, be in front of more people, seminars, mm. stuff like that will really help you. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, it's quite interesting that you said that club. I mean, are, are gyms associated as a club? But I think when you say club, you have something different um, in mind, really. I mean, something something I've been looking at sort of potentially trying to do in the future is hosting a powerlifting event at the gym, getting people in to obviously be the judges and, and getting spotters in. Um, yeah, so we have so a massive kind of open floor, so be able to have a good uh, competition. We Not long ago, we had a, an Olympic weightlifting competition um, run by one of the other PTs and they had like Olympians there and everything. It was, it was pretty crazy. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So. Again, like those sort of things, you know, um, across an annual is something that you could um, objectively aim to do. Uh, hosting competitions, being a part of more competitions, um, mm. going and helping and handling and, um, you know, being involved with more competitions. I don't know if you are referee qualified, if you're level one, level two. So those sort of things will all um, help you branch out in the sense of uh, moving forward with knowledge, experience, confidence in your methods and stuff like that, being around like-minded coaches. So yeah, I remember in 2018, no, 2000, early 2019, um, it was British Women's Classic uh, mm. down in Bournemouth, so very close to where we're at in the sense of, you know, the 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 national scene. Yeah, I went and Jason Coltman, who was handling two lifters, yeah, um, messaged him and just said, "Look, can I kind of just shadow you, learn some tactics and strategies and kind of communication skills that you use with your lifters." Yeah. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Jason Coltman is currently GB's juniors national team's head coach. Um, yeah. So kind of learning from the best will yeah. naturally give you more confidence in what you do. Um, going to Commonwealth Games in Canada in 2019 as well. I was surrounded with Paul Marsh all week. So, wow. Um, shared a B&B with him and invested a week um, in learning how to handle properly, learning how to communicate with lifters and yeah. essentially develop on that side of things because you could be the most knowledgeable coach in the world, but handling and communicating with people at a regional national competition is completely different and sometimes yeah. that's a big missing link for people who are trying to be good coaches they yeah. are good coaches but they don't know how to handle people very well at all yeah and ultimately that is what makes the difference if you have somebody who knows how to read the scoreboard knows how to uh, maximize their lifter in sense of when to play their ace card when to strategically look at temps and stuff like that so yeah that's yeah to me it's weird because i've actually never really thought of that kind of stuff but yeah i mean yeah that's yeah, that's like, really interesting, actually so i know um i know that um you look at kind of the the powerlifting competitions which are coming up at the moment the next kind of big ones are naturally the the British women's and men's you've got the yeah. universities as well yeah you know fire across some messages to some um some coaches that you feel are a similar vibe to you um something that you want to uh, establish yourself being like maybe yeah. or you like yeah. their methodologies their content and stuff like that and spend some time with them you know yeah. pick their brains ask them questions and don't be afraid to um, kind of shadow or communicate with people, reach out to people. It was yeah. in 2018 that I messaged Jason 
and I went up and coached with, uh, went up and trained with him in London. So yeah. just took the day off work and spent two, three, four hours with him and kind of yeah. understood yeah. how he warmed somebody up or how he uh, would approach a session, what sort of things he would look at in that sense. And okay. then similarly, when I went and uh, shadowed him handling, you know, you learn a lot of those sort of um, skills that you don't see in the gym. So again, it's it's a high, high um, spectrum of sort of things that you need to think about developing. Yeah, 100%. I mean, something, so I don't know if you know of him. I take it you probably do. But you, Gary V. Um, I don't. Who? Okay, so he's he's an American guy. He's nothing to do with powerlifting, but he's um okay, basically like a, an inspirational, motivational kind of speaker. And um, I saw a not an interview, but just a little video last last week. Um, and he was speaking to a guy, and he does all these kind of meet and greets and stuff. And this guy said, um, "You know, I'm stressing because I, I don't know um, what to do." And he said to him, "He said, how old are you?" And this lad said, "23." And he said, see, this is this is the issue. Um, he said, you've got your, in, your entire life ahead of you. And he said, you're stressing now about what you're going to do. He said, you have time to make mistakes and do things. He said, even in 10 years, if you don't know what you want to do, he said, that's fine. Um, and something I found at the moment is I'm, I'm very eager to get all this stuff done. Like, you know, what you said there, that's stuff that I want to do. I want to... And I've said it to all my lifters. I want to be the best for them. I want them to succeed as well as you want your lifters to succeed. It's just, I think if you, if you are a coach who is, who is what's the word I'm looking for? Very um, honest. Um, you know, you want what's best for your lifters. I, I know a handful of people who are just in it because it's good money and money does play a part of anything, obviously, but, they, there's not really as much care there for their lifters as I would warrant for, you know, like you've said, you put your lifters before your own stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting because, you know, I, I, I'm the exact same. I want to get all this stuff done. I know what I want to do, obviously, but I want to get all this stuff done. I want to succeed. I want to be uh, successful for my lifters. I want them to succeed. It's it's all this stuff that um, comes yeah, into play. You've got, really. you got to remember that, you know, a lot of people have just come out of a pandemic um you know if you are realistic in the sense of wanting to develop and wanting to establish yourself as you know a good coach and a good um person to be associated with um it takes time you know yeah you gotta think that <clears throat> my own experience um for the first year two years you know nobody really um bridge the international national scene for me um mm. as a as a kind of lifter and then all of a sudden you know in 2020 um one of my clients matt knight won european silver so he went from you know national to kind of placing second in europe which is huge yeah and then you've got the likes of zian who's coming through a lot of the time you have the opportunity to um, put eggs in other baskets. So when I wasn't traveling to France with Matt or um, Canada with the Commonwealth, you know, I was looking to go on courses. I was looking to get mentorships and stuff like that to develop the side of things that was lagging in my um, experience and kind of spectrum. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, it sounds, it sounds like you four years ago is kind of like me now, if that makes sense. Yeah. You kind of you're in that you're in that phase where you know that this is what you want to do. You know you want to be, you want you know you want to learn and you know you want to do as much as you can. And I think from everything you're saying, it, it definitely shows that it definitely warrants it you know what i mean you, you said you put your clients lifting before your own it's not many people will do that um yeah like adam you got to remember um you had wes on the podcast um previously 
um, who is, you know, late thirties, you've got yeah. myself who is 28, you know, you've got to remember where you're at in the sense of your journey right now. Um, mm. I've been a personal trainer since 2015. So I've been there and done it and I've worn the mm. t-shirt, uh, in the sense of, you know, developing the side of things you're you're gonna no doubtedly flourish and come into your own and be a really well established coach but it takes time um in terms of where we're at in the national scene you know we're southwest based it's a small region um if you were to look at kind of like where the lifters are in terms of the national scene yeah there's not that many lifters who are national or international based lifters in the southwest you've got emily greenway you've got um a few from kind of like the swindon barbell who are a little bit more equipped um yeah lifters but genuinely it's it takes time and be patient and you know you know don't run before you can walk and don't think that you're not developing just because um it's not all come at once you know i i was in a similar position to you where i was training majority gen pop population for a very long time um mm. and then you know i was lucky to train a young girl and then i was um fortunate to train somebody called imogen who's still with me to the day and mm. they both went and competed and then you attract a few more and then the more time that you spend at competitions like refereeing helping out um and your face is a little bit more behind um your brand it it helps so you just come out of a pandemic and don't try and squeeze your juice too quickly oops just cut a little bit there we go um yeah no i mean this is it it's um like i said to you i'm just uh yeah, I mean, I'm fully, yeah, I'm fully aware that you know it's it's a bit of a weird time, um, but yeah, no, it's just it's it's just interesting. Like it was last week to hear everyone's takes on everything, um, what their thoughts are on specific things, um, and really how I guess how they went about stuff. Um, yeah, no, it's it's interesting to hear. Is it so? As well, is there anyone like when you started, or because I, I know there's a few people for myself, but. Is there anyone now or when you started that you kind of looked up to? Um, I guess Jason, Jason Coltman, I, I imagine, was one for you when you were starting out. Um, yeah, um, I think a lot of people respect Jason. Um, mm. He spends a lot of his time at internationals. He mm. was under the wing of Lawrence Farncombe for a long period, who stroked the coach. Um, so he's had coaching himself from a very well-established coach. Um, yeah. He's, you know, had a real good base of experience under him to warrant where he's at. He is literally one of the nicest blokes that you'll meet, which helps. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, he's, he's very, very well grounded. Mm. Um. And it helps that, you know, people can relate to him because yeah, he he is a younger coach in the game. But mm. genuinely speaking, he backs himself in the sense of um, experience, knowledge. Um, he's a proven international coach. Uh, him, Henry, Lawrence, you know, um, and co. So again, like mm. I looked up to Jason because, you know, it was the sort of direction that I wanted to take my business. Um, but again, Paul Marsh, he slept on so much in powerlifting. He is one of the knowledgeable, um, more, more, more knowledgeable people that I know in the, in the scene. Um, yeah. Again, he's got a huge pool of international lifters in joy in, you know, he used to have, um, Superman in 93s so there's there's loads so um Paul Jason um are probably the main ones that have kind of helped me um direct my business and coaching style mm. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, it's, it's like I've always found it interesting to hear if people have someone who they kind of look up to or they've kind of used as like almost a, a study, if, if you will. I don't know if I kind of said that right, but um, yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 interesting to see kind of how you've brought yourself up because, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, from you know, I've even got one of my lifters saying what you post is is knowledgeable stuff and it's stuff which he finds useful, which is good. That's what you want. And it's it's interesting to see how you've developed from kind of being a personal trainer to now being you know having your own business and now being a powerlifting coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you said Jason Coltman's one of the youngest, um, kind of coaches in the game and it is, it is weird because, well, not weird, but it is just, that's how it is, isn't it? You know, it takes years to master the sport. So you have most of the best coaches are in their sort of forties, fifties. Um, yeah. Um, but you know, you look at kind of the, the coaches across the national scene you've got you know some very very good coaches in you know alex pearson jones for a name drop you know mm. you've then got paul you've got jason you know there's you know a real good handful of lifters yeah. and coaches um right. which are slept on um massively obviously in kind of southwest it's about kind of finding your lane maybe um and just sticking to what you're good at and what you know and what has proven to work well for you um henry tosh is only in cheltenham so again another kind of name that is um a really well established coach to go in kind of spend some time with you know spend a weekend with with him and kind of just see what he does um and again like don't be afraid to outreach to people in um a kind of category that you want to drive to kind of be mm. yeah yeah wow. yeah it's just it's interesting isn't it? i don't i don't know what before i've got one last thing to kind of ask you is, is what made you want to do powerlifting is that you wanted to go more niche. You weren't really happy of being a personal trainer. That was just general. You wanted something more specific. Is that what made you go into it? So uh, my my background through growing up was in team sports. I played football um, pretty much since the age of five. Um, and I was with a kind of local side till about 15, 16. And then as I went to college and kind of surrounded myself with the strength and conditioning side of things, I found enjoyment and satisfaction in lifting like you mm. do. Most yeah. people um, start off in that kind of direction of bodybuilding and do that style of training. And then you find maybe what you're good at or what you enjoy more. Mm. And I did my first competition in 2017 and I really enjoyed it. And that kind of gave me uh, motivation and um, aspects to develop into being a better coach and being a better trainer. And then before you know it, you're training 10, 15 lifters and you're a little bit more niche. But to this day, I still enjoy training gen pop. I have trained, you know, a husband and wife couple for you know, six years and they are still yeah. probably one off, if not the enjoyable kind of um, clients that I have and spend time with. And I'm yeah. fortunate enough to have a large spectrum of, you know, lifters, but also clients in the sense of um, different uh, goals, objectives um, and aims. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for context, I've got, I think like everyone starts with gen pop, don't they? Everyone kind of starts with that generation and um, just general uh, kind of just general well, fat loss, weight gain, whatever it is. Um, but I've got I've got a few people who are, are still with me from when I started two years ago, and um, and yeah, well, like you just said, it's 
because you've built that rapport with them as well, it's just you, you can talk about anything and it is enjoyable because you're past that stage where it's not necessarily awkward, but there's boundaries, there's there's levels and there obviously is going to be boundaries and levels because it's a professional relationship. But yeah, it it does in a way turn into like a, a friendship in a way. Um, yeah. So that husband and wife couple that I mentioned, they came to my wedding. Um, yeah. And, you know, they are someone that I would trust and invest my own time with uh, outside of training. You know, that I'll go to their house for barbecues and they'll come to our house for, you know, um, evenings and dinner and stuff like that. And I think that's really yeah. important that you can you can flip the switch and you can be a coach and you can be professional, but you can also um, be at ease and relax with your clients. And yeah, 100%. You know, you've built a, like you say, a rapport with people that you can, you can mess around and you can relax and you can be the joker. Um, mm. But also when you need to come to getting results and, you know, bridging the gap for their training aims, you're capable of doing that. You know, 100%. It's, it's very, it's somewhat, quite difficult to get across yeah it's, it's hard to find of your yeah yeah 100% right mate um I guess we'll uh, we'll cut it there but I, I appreciate yeah. you kind of coming on and, and taking an hour to talk to me and, nah, and cool, really kind of just yeah just explain really about you know what where, where you've come from what you've done how you've done it because you know it's yeah I really do appreciate it it's it's well, almost like again, a... um, if people can relate to some of the things that's been discussed and they can be mm. in a similar sort of position where they might think, oh, that's going to be helpful for me or, you yeah, know, even right. as coaches or other lifters, you know, lifters mm. um, themselves will benefit from going and spending time with like-minded lifters. You know, yeah. um, when I was lifting a little bit more competitively, you know, I went and spent some time with Owen Hubbard, who was down in Bournemouth, which is, you know, an hour and a half away from me. And I went yeah. to go and spend some time with him. You know, similarly, when I was um, trying to develop as a lifter, I would I would go and spend time with people who were international lifters. How yeah. did they warm up? How did they apply themselves in the sessions? So it's not just lifters and coaches. It's, you know it's obviously in all kind of sports if you're if anyone's listening who is you know a keen olympic lifter you know it's it's the same yeah 100 percent. but yeah no it's um i've definitely learned a thing or two from this podcast and I, that's exactly what i want you know i want other people to learn i want to learn and yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's just an all-round podcast where people can learn stuff and, and yeah, also, go yeah. away feeling yeah. like they keep learn doing something, your thing, mate. Because you know, the more people who come on and share their experiences and you know raise the um, the bar and stuff like that, it helps because um, you know we're all once upon a time uh, starting off, and sometimes. Yeah we didn't necessarily have a mentorship or we didn't have a coach or we didn't have somebody to uh, help us. So, you know, yeah. I was similar in the sense that I didn't always have a powerlifting coach in it, you know, um, you know, I learned slower in some aspects and I learned mm. quicker in other aspects. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, as, as Ben Francis says, the guy who um, found a gym shark, yeah. it's funny. He says, um, he focuses on what he's good on, but then the stuff that he's not great on, he gets someone else to help him with yeah. that. So he yeah. learn himself. He'll get someone to come in and teach him, you know, sit him down and say X, Y, and yeah. Z. Um, yeah. And that's how it should be. I think it's a really good mindset to have, you know. Um, for sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, I fucking hate doing my accounts and I pay them to do it. I hate <laughs> Me and you both. <laughs> you both. So, yeah. yeah. Amen to I'd that. rather be on the gym floor or helping people in the training side of things, not wasting my time with my accounts. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I'm not a fan of that either. I'm not going to. Um, I'm not even going to get into that. But, uh, but yeah, I'm on the same level as that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I appreciate it, and I'll um, 
I'm sure I'll have you back on the podcast soon at some point. Yeah, I'll I'll catch you soon, mate. I'm sure that you know we'll bump into each other and cross paths at a competition soon. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Thanks for having me on, and I'll catch you soon, mate. That's it. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. Hey guys, hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, it was really, really good to talk to Sam and and kind of get a, a gist of his background and how he kind of started from being a PT and now as a powerlifting coach. And very interesting to see how he shadowed under some of the best coaches in the UK. Um, I really appreciate, once again, Sam coming on to the podcast and and taking an hour out of his time to talk to me. As I do of anyone who talks to me on this podcast, you know, time is valuable. So I really appreciate it. But hopefully you guys found some benefit to this episode and you learned something. I know I definitely learned a lot from today's episode, but that's episode three done. And I'll see you guys next week for episode four. See you later.